uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud. The way in which customers want to interact with businesses has changed dramatically and the age of digital transformation is now enabling organisations to radically improve their CX systems and in turn their customer service provision. Today I am joined by Brian Solis. Brian is the principal of the Ultimeter Group who specialise in research on how best to leverage disruptive technologies. Brian's latest piece of research, which is entitled Contact Center 2.0, The Rise of the Collaborative Contact Center, was commissioned by Ring Central and examines the new era of customer experience systems. I started by asking Brian about the concept itself and how the landscape looked traditionally. Have a listen. The reason we came up with the concept of Contact Center 2.0 is that I think we're all very familiar with the 1.0 experience of customer service, which is something that's been around and scaled since the 1950s and 1960s. Uh, It's that idea that you have to contact a company when you have a, a problem or if you need help or if you need direction, but you have to go through this incredibly clunky process of trying to connect with information uh, and even clunkier and, and, and more frustrating to try to connect with a human being. Uh, it's, it's both the technology in that it's on-premise software, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's old equipment with bolted on new stuff. It's also though a philosophy. It's an old, older way of thinking about customer engagement. In fact, if you had to make it an irony, it would be that the humanity of customer service was trying to put technology in between you uh, and your customers and to get as further away from them as you could, which uh, was in in the grand scheme of things, just not a great idea, especially today when we're thinking about all of the technology that exists that's that's better connecting human beings. Uh, And that was the premise for Contact Center 2.0 was, hey, look, all of this new technology, whether it's cloud, whether it's collaboration software, whether it was uh, bringing both sides of, of folks to the table. So you have on the company side, not just your customer service reps, but internal experts. And then just all all in the name of trying to provide the customer with a better experience. So that's kind of the, the, the short answer, if that was short at all. <laughs> No, that was the per- that was perfect, and, and 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 that premise. So we're effectively moving away from a, a a traditional retrospective ideology where the the customer contacts a business, as you said, when they when they've got a problem or issue, and effectively there is some sort of technology platform, as you said, almost in the way from the the company to provide that service. Whereas whereas now in in the new iterations of contact center we can take advantage of some of those technologies to, to improve that process. So how, how are businesses doing that in, in Contact Center 2.0 effectively? Well, when I partnered with Ring Central on this research, we looked at where are they in terms of the state of evolution. And it was surprising that something like 62% of companies still use on-premise call center solutions. But let's, let's kind of take a step back and let's ask ourselves, how did we even get here? I, you know, if you think about calling a company uh, or trying to reach out to a company as a customer. So we'll take the customer's point of view. No one, I think, will ever say, I love calling customer service. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a horrid experience. And in many cases, you have to dig in emotionally and psychologically because you know it's not going to be an easy process. I have to make time when I need to call companies because I know it's not going to be something that's going to be a quick, even though it's going to, it should be quick, uh, or nor is it going to be easy. Uh, and I'm probably going to walk away feeling either frustrated or that I could have done something a lot quicker. Uh, but either way, 
all of this is based on a, a mindset within the organization that somewhere along the way, contact centers became a cost center, that any investment in technology was going to be one that they wanted to control, but two, that they needed to scale, and three, that they needed to make the process as inhumane as possible. Uh, and then they put metrics around all of this, like how quickly could we get someone off the phone, how quickly can we get somebody to their information, without measuring things like customer experience or how someone feels at the end of it or how well that experience aligns with our brand experience or what we promise in terms of our brand or our mission or our vision statements. Uh, so the philosophy of customer service is broken too. And the technology, uh, what, what I found with Ring Central was that's something that we we've we've got great technology uh, and we're even we're going to get even better if you want to make customer experience even more fantastic you know artificial intelligence is, is here machine learning is here you have cloud you have app you have mobile but still the philosophy of customer experience is that we have to figure out as as an organization uh, as executives that this isn't a cost center this is an investment in improving customer experiences and it's so important because aside from contact center 2.0 you have other major business trends like digital transformation enterprise innovation uh, you have all of these things that are really gunning towards customer experience as a competitive advantage because the customer is changing. It's not just whether or not we can deliver a better customer experience through better technology. It's what does the customer expect? Uh, expect? What do they value? How do they behave? And how do we win them over in every moment of truth so that they love us? So it's now an opportunity and quite honestly a point of criticality to invest in any opportunity to give customers a better experience and also understand what that experience could look like if you could invent it today. That is really interesting. So the, the traditional philosophy, and, and as far as I can see, and feel, feel free to correct me here, is that in a traditional contact center setup, you had customers getting in touch to rectify any number of issues, no matter what that would be. And the business's goal was to effectively to get them out of the system as quickly as possible, regardless of how the customer felt in that process of, of getting them out of the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, I don't know that anybody would, when you say it like that, it's kind of clear, like, oh my goodness, <laughs> if you were thinking about the wrong things. But now, yeah, let's just take a step back, right? We're, we're all talking about customer experience, uh, yet very few of us actually really understand what customer experience means. I tend to look at things from uh, anthropological point of view I also look at all of the social science to be honest with you that a customer's experience is something that is personal they own it it's something that they feel and that's quite honestly what the word experience means to begin with it's it's how you feel in a moment and and how you react according to that moment how because of how you feel and what you sense so these things are so important these days in that how someone feels when they contact your organization or if they talk to a representative or if they use your product the customer experience is the sum of all moments a customer has with your organization through their life cycle so the contact center is an incredible Achilles heel no one well hardly anybody leaves 
uh, engagement with a contact center thinking, my goodness, I love this brand even more. But it could be like that. Uh, and technology enables that. It's just what are you going to do with that technology to bring it to life in a way that customers are at least not going to walk away being <laughs> completely upset? No, I, I couldn't agree more. And you're, you're, when you were saying before, another thing I wanted to pick up on was that no one looks forward to contacting, but you're absolutely right. And often when I, it's an absolute last resort for me, I will try everything possible to avoid having to ring in and troubleshoot a problem. And then when you do, I have to think, oh, well, I have to have at least half an hour free here in the day because I'm probably going to be on hold for 10 of those minutes. Then I'll get to one department, I'll be bounced to another. So it in the new evolution of the contact centre, which we're potentially coming into now, and as you said, we will be in as as technology goes forward, and as you said, companies like Ring Central develop this. What are some of the examples of how we can make that customer experience, which, as you said, is difficult to define, a much better experience for 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 users who who are coming through those systems? One of the things that I I learned with Ring Central in this research was the idea that contact centers need to evolve into not only this 2.0 uh, clever title we gave it, but to be more collaborative, uh, to be more real-time. And also, I think the right word to use here is to be more familiar. Uh, so, for example, if you're a modern customer, you probably have a smartphone, you probably use apps such as Uber, uh, depending on you know, what where you are and and what you do, you have apps for pretty much anything, food delivery, shopping. Uh, so when you contact an organization that's trying to get your money to stay in business, <laughs> you you have to think about what is that experience I'm delivering, not just in the contact center, but at, at every moment. Uh, and so is it an experience that models itself after the other experiences that customers love. I mean, in many senses, regardless of what business you're in, regardless of what industry you're in, you compete against Apple, you compete against Google, you compete against Uber, because those are the companies that are setting the experiences for customers to hold as their standard. So the, the interesting idea about a collaborative contact center is that internally within the organization, you have the ability to connect quicker, use the channels such as messaging or uh, phone, whatever it is, based in the cloud so that it's faster, it's more familiar to the customer. Uh, and these are just some of the ideas that make it better. But more importantly, if you've ever called a contact center and you've had to be this just happened to me yesterday. I had to be transferred several times. I was trying to use miles to buy a gift card, uh, airline miles to buy a gift card, and I just could not get to, to someone who had an answer. But in this regard, it shifts. What if the representative could bring in, in that moment, in the same way we patch someone in on Skype, other experts who could just handle it in real time and make the customer have an experience that the onus isn't on them to try to get their answer. The onus is on the business to get you the answer as quickly and as familiar and as intuitively as po as possible. That's obviously collaboration with, within the contact center bet bet between representatives and departments. And, and I feel your pain as I'm regularly bumped around from department to department as I, I try to troubleshoot issues. That, that happens to me a lot. Uh, and. But there's, there's also, in, in the evolution of, uh, of contact center and customer contact, there's also the possibility of collaboration between the, the company, the, the customer service provider, and the customer to improve that process in terms of troubleshooting and all those sort of areas. As, as 
technology develops and we can use those tools to better improve the experience from both sides, can't we? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think this is, you know, one of the things that I walked away with from this research was that it's a clear and present opportunity. It's also a clear and present threat. I'm a hopeless optimist, but you know, you think about all of the disruption that's happening in the world today. You could look at any, pick any industry. I think one one of the ones that I, I think is taking a lot of press these, these days is is the retail Armageddon or retail apocalypse. And you think about what's at the heart of that, aside from all kinds of things like debt and <laughs> investors and shareholders and things that yeah, I have zero, <laughs> yeah, things that I don't have a, a total control over. But one of them is customer experience, how someone shops, why someone shops, how someone makes decisions the customer is changing and they're not going to stop changing they've been given the gift of technology they've been empowered they've been connected informed they've become demanding they've become more impatient so all of these things that are at the root of market shifts are all opportunities in my opinion to get in front of them to take a more human approach to engagement, to understand who the customer is and update not only your technologies, but your mindsets, your processes, your policies, your services, your metrics for a different generation of customers. And I think that that in every regard, not just in contact centers, but in experiences and sales and innovation and transformation, you name it, every facet of how companies work is dated uh, and it's not, designed to keep up with this new generation of customers. If you think about it, I mean, if you had to design a business today, it would be totally different. And that's what we see with startups all over the world is that they are building companies to compete in today's environment and to scale in today's environment. And they are winning simply because they have the benefit of starting from scratch. They're building upon a canvas or upon a foundation of which we would all do if we were creating a company today, instead of trying to adapt all of these dated aspects to compete in today's uh, society. But I will say this, all of that is doable. Shifting contact centers to the cloud and thinking differently about engagement and metrics, it's all doable. And I think it just has to start with the mindset. And look, all great innovation starts with the shift in mindset. The disruptive players, you, you mentioned Uber, which is obviously the classic example that, that always comes out. And they have come up from the ground up with a, a unique customer experience which is very, very simple. And I personally, I've used Uber a lot. I've never had to contact Uber apart from to arrange a taxi on, on the app. So you're absolutely right. It's shifting that mindset in, in existing businesses. Does that only happen when they reach a crisis point of disruption, though? Or from your experience in the report, how many businesses are actively looking at this? Or do they think, oh, well, you know, it works as it is at the moment until the point when you know, they're affected by a really disruptive player and suddenly they think, oh, actually, we need to react. We need to change our ideology. You know, the good news is, is that in, in our research, companies are looking at shifting to the cloud, thinking differently about contact, uh, contact center uh, infrastructures. Uh, they're also looking at AI, they're looking at all of these things uh, in a three to five year horizon. So, I mean, that's the good news. I think, though, the latter part of your question is one that's worth considering. So let's say you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, okay, yeah, Brian, I get all of these things, but that's, you know, I'm just not going to be able to convince or shift my entire organization by myself. I, I have the task of focusing on contact center technology. We have a roadmap. This roadmap is three to five years out. Fantastic. But 
this is also why it's an opportunity for individuals within the organizations. I call them change agents. Uh, only 11% of companies we studied cited the ability to meet the needs of today's customers as a top driver for migrating to the cloud. And that's a really sad number. It shows you that customer experience, for all that we, we, we talk about it, and for all that we give it credit for putting our, we're putting the customer at the center of all of the things that we do. The truth is, is that we don't really do any of that. We talk about it, uh, but we still have these rigid confines within the organization for how we make decisions for technology or even just process innovation or innovation itself. So if you give it to, let's say, IT or somebody working within the organization who manages contact center technology, but someone else manages contact center processes and policies and someone else manages metrics, all of these things, a timeline for three to five years might seem quick because time does pass, but think about how how much the customers evolved to this point and how much they're going to continue to evolve in three to five years. So decisions that you're making now about the customer are already dated. So the thing that I would say is this, is that there are two moments for company transformation. One is the aha moment. Oh, I, I see that, you know, Patrick, the, the customer is different. They use different apps and services. They have different expectations. They have different behaviors. Let's use those insights for design cues for how we're going to invest in contact, a new generation of contact center or customer engagement. And the other moment is the uh-oh moment. Patrick, the customers changed. They're going other places. Uh, we're, we're down on, on revenue cycles. Our, our customer experience scores are very low. Uh, we better do something. Uh, the aha moment gives you sort of this benefit of looking at things productively and proactively. The uh-oh moment is you're responding because there's a problem, and that's never a good place to be because uh, you could never move fast enough. And you and you would do it from a sense or act of desperation rather than one of just really trying to understand where can I add value in this value chain. Well, that was a very good explanation for it, the aha and the uh-oh. And I, I, I sort of slightly cynically assume that any transformations like this potentially come in the uh-oh but I think your your report as you said it, it does show us that many more people are having this aha light bulb moment and realizing that that effectively and as you said te technology is changing but you need to have technology changing constantly and you're probably already behind but you need to have that agility to be able to react as developments move forward absolutely and I think if if it's one thing that I can leave any listener with who cares about customers. It's that it's counterintuitive. When we look at investing in new technologies and new, just anything, right? As we talked earlier, it really is viewed as a cost center. But the, the counterintuitive part of this is that when you do make the shift to what we were calling contact center 2.0, we lay it all out in the report, is that the benefits that companies already report after shifting are things like cost savings instead of cost centers, time savings, improved customer service levels, uh, increased agent productivity, uh, and better communication between agents and the rest of the company. I mean, those who doesn't want that? Those are the best benefits you can, you can get, and you start to shift the customer Customers' experience into being something from going, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to call this company today, to something like that it was delightful, and that they can walk away thinking, wow, that was that was easy, uh, and you start to change customer perceptions for the better. Uh, contact center is a is a huge conduit and a and a massive opportunity for businesses to improve their their brand recognition. So it's potentially something that, that everyone needs to to think about improving. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's why I'm optimistic about all of this. Is that the report shines a light on a, 
a topic that we just haven't given it enough attention to, and that's the problem with with contact centers, customer service uh, in general, is that, believe it or not, in an era of where customer experience has been deemed a, a competitive advantage, where in my other research uh, in enterprise transformation or digital transformation, the number one catalyst for change is customer experience. Uh, and I think what, what I see time and time again is just you have a, a, you have an organization that doesn't know how to see the world other than what it knows, and it takes from the past, and that affects its future. It's a psychological phenomenon called cognitive bias. We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. So when we're making decisions about things like contact centers or technology, uh, we're looking at the past in order to inform the future, which, look, it makes all the sense in the world, except the world has changed beyond your ability to adapt the past to the future. Now we have to start thinking about things from an innovative stand, uh, standpoint because that's what's happening everywhere else. And it's all at the hands of a customer who's evolving, how the consumerization of technology has affected their life, and how once they taste a great experience and once they've tasted being in control, they don't want to go backwards. Well, Brian, I realize we've absolutely skimmed over the report we'll, we'll make the full report available in the supporting article for this podcast so so the listeners can can have a more in-depth look but thank you so much for taking through the general themes it's been absolutely fascinating chatting to you so thanks so much for coming onto the podcast oh it's my pleasure patrick thank you for having me on it really was great chatting with Brian, so big thanks to him for coming onto the podcast. Also, huge thanks to Ring Central for commissioning the research and allowing us to have a look at that. I've included a link to the full study in the supporting article for this podcast, but also next month we will be publishing a deep dive where we review the research in a bit more detail and draw our main conclusions. If you like today's episode or any other episode in the series at all, please leave a review and subscribe. And as always, if you have any questions or topics for the pod, please get in touch as we would love to hear them. In the meantime, though, thanks for listening.